Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, the Lord Apostle was teaching this morning in prayer, and she was teaching a mighty word, and it, it was just mighty. And uh, the Lord put something into my spirit I want to share with you in the next few moments. It's going to take me just a minute, but it won't be real long, I promise you. Uh, if you're at the altar, stay at the altars because the presence is here today. Yes, it is. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So as she was teaching this morning, and then Sister Charlotte was talking about the list in the back. But this morning when the apostle was teaching, it, it, I just started thinking. He was putting on my spirit, or I was thinking, or something. I'm not sure. But I, I was like, well, how did all this start? And if you, and I want you to apply this to your lives, and I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second. But if you remember back, it's been, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago. It's been a long time. But Apostle was at a point in her life, and, you know, God was calling her into something different. And he, all, he, all he said was, would you go to Conway? You know, uh, there's this lady up there I want you to go see. And so out of that, you know, she had seen her on Facebook a few times, and, and she said, yes, I'll go, Lord. And so that, that yes led her up to Conway, and, and it carried her there for a little while. And then that yes, that yes, led her into Sister Witt's house, and it led her into paying rent for two years up there. And that yes led her into bringing people up there with her, you know, people that wanted to go, that were doing that. And that, yes, led her into helping out the widow because she brought finances into that, into that house for Sister Witt. And it, it also helped the people that were looking for a place that were hungry in that area or that wanted to go up to that area because it wasn't just people from here. It was people from other places that rented from there through, what, through that yes that she said. And then from that, yes, it, it came on back to cross it. And it, it seemed like that yes was gone for a little bit, but now that yes is manifesting into the Freedom House in our own personal house. And so that, that one yes that was three or four years ago has carried on into something that she didn't know was coming. She had no idea that was coming. But she followed Proverbs, trust in the Lord in all the ways, and I'll direct your path. And that's what she did just through the yes. So I want you to look at the yes in your lives, you know, and, and the ones that have said yes, and I'm going to move here. The ones, Brother Ernie and S Sister uh, Lynetta, a long time ago, they said yes to a new job at the railroad, and they came to town. 
And through that yes, they're here today. And so just in that yes, what, is, what was your yes? And, and let me tell you, it doesn't work with a maybe and it doesn't work with a sometimes. It doesn't work. It's not going to hold. Because in that yes, you may say yes to this, but God has the end over here in mind. He sees that vision. So when you say yes to this, he's like, this is only the first step, but you don't know that. You're saying yes. I'll, uh, Josh and Liz, you know, they say yes, I love my wife to the end of time. I'm not going to change that. And then through that, they're going to bring up something in that. You know, uh, who's back here? And Crystal, she, she said, yes, I'll go to this church. You know, I'll follow my husband here, and I'll go do this. And uh, I'm not sure what God's going to bring out of that. And it may not happen the next week. It may not happen the next year. But if you just live that life and you continually say yes to God, he's going to bring something into fruition that you never dreamed of, that you never thought of. And it's going to happen out of your lives, and your children will reap the benefits. And along the way, I'm sad to say that people will fall off, whether they don't follow you anymore or be with you, whether they just pass away, because time is time for us. It keeps on, you know, going, and, and, and time takes its toll on every man. And there's going to be people, there was people with her when she said yes and those people are not here anymore you know it's going to happen but if you say maybe then it's going to stop because God's yes is eternal and it's in in verse uh, 6 in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths it doesn't say if I say yes I know exactly where I'm going. It doesn't say that. It says he's going to direct your path. And God, he's over this whole world, so he may take you left or right, or he may do whatever it, it is, because it's not, your yes is not about you. Amen. We're here for the kingdom of God, and that's eternal. And we're not here to, to fill up our house with people just to say we've got a house full of people. We're not here for that. We're here to preach the kingdom of God, to preach the gospel. We're here to help raise up people so that the generations behind us can hear these things because it's not about us. It's not just about our kids. It's not just about you sitting here. We love you and we want you to grow, but it's about more than that. It's about the future of the kingdom because the kingdom is what it's about and we can't stop until the kingdom is lifted up and raised high until every person has heard the gospel of the truth. So when you say yes to God, don't give up after that first year. And don't give up after that first breakthrough because the breakthrough is going to come and you're going to be like, ooh, man, I did this for two years. You know, apostles like, I was up in Conway for two years. They wanted me to be a part of the church, the leadership of the church. They asked us, and then she had to make that decision. Do I keep going? Because it was going good. It was not any bumps in the road or anything like that. It was going good. We were asked to be a part of the leadership there. And the decision was made to come back home. And you're thinking, but I said, yes, Lord, I, I agreed to go up there. So why am I having to come home? It doesn't really matter why. Because I said yes in the beginning. I didn't say, she didn't say, well, I'll go up there for a year and see how it goes. It, it's not that. God wants your whole heart and he wants a commitment. And he doesn't want a maybe. He doesn't want a sometimes. God wants a Sandra. He wants a Benny. He wants a Julie. He wants your yes. And let your yeses be amen. So I don't know. God just had me talking about that or thinking about that on this morning. And I just, I want your yeses to be assured of your yeses. When you, when you 
put some tissue in the back, when you give to the building fund, when you mow the yard, when you blow the leaves, when you take care of the prairie building uptown, when you say yes, know that it's much, much bigger than that. When you change a light bulb, it's a lot bigger than changing a light bulb. We're all thankful for those things, but those things are natural, and that's not where God is living at. God is not living in the natural. He loves that we have lights, but he could care less if we can't see because I'm sure in the, in the upper room it was dark, and that's why they had those flames up there lighting up the area because they had to have some light, but they didn't have to have these lights. They needed the light of Jesus. They needed the flames of God. So when you say yes, know that it's not just for what you, what you think it is because our minds are carnal, but God's is not. I do marriage counseling. I always talk about covenant because that's what you enter into is a covenant. And when I say yes, I enter into a covenant with him. Covenant is serious to God. It is serious. It's so serious that his covenant goes through a thousand generations. Yes. <laughs> you are right. It is not about me, and it is not about now. It's about way yonder, way farther than I can see, way farther than I can think. So when we say yes to him, yes, I will go to this church. Yes, I will be administrator. Yes, I will be elder. Yes, I will be an intercessor. That yes is entering into covenant with him. And he will honor that yes for a thousand generations. So me saying yes to his way is going to affect my great 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 grandkids. It is. So I thank you. Thank you for the yes. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you for the yeses that my great, 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 greats gave. Thank you. Because God honors those yeses. And if we sit back, he says that he doesn't take honor in those who draw back. So my yes has to remain yes. So he moves me into another place. Another and 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 I, I didn't I just I didn't I didn't I left marriage just then I ain't talking about marriage because your yes there is till death do you part. Period. Period. That's on. Period. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, y'all got that? Cause he ain't gonna move you on to another spouse. Okay, we, we clear on that. But he may move me into another season of my life, and there, there, I'm always going to come to another yes. Yes, Lord. But he honors those yeses. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pick up where we left off last time. Y'all want to do that? Hallelujah. We're going to talk a little bit more about the kingdom.
about the kingdom. And y'all know that we, um, last September, we entered into the decade of the mouth, right? And so as long as Jesus tarries and we're still here for the next decade, I'm going to continually remind you that we entered into a season, and it's a long one, where there's power in my mouth. And it's not a coincidence that the devil's trying to cover your mouth. Right? I want, and how many of y'all know that God is a God of purpose? I mean, nothing is by accident. There is not one word in that Bible that is an accident or is just placed there because whatever it just fit. Do y'all know that every single thing he does, there's a reason. I want you right now, we're going we're gonna to go to Matthew, but right now I want you to go to Esther 4, 14. I want us to know that God is a God of design. Every single jot and tittle is there for a purpose. When you turn to Esther 4, 14, do y'all know that that verse right there is the 2020th verse in the Bible? This is the year 2020. And this verse is the 2020. I wish I'd have found this verse like in January. But it is the 2020 verse. Let's just read that little joker. It says, for if you remain completely silent at this time. How the world did he know 4,000 years ago that in 2020 we could not remain silent? Now, y'all know what was happening in this situation. They were going to kill the Jews. And Mordecai came to Esther and he says, Haman's fixing to kill us. He's fixing to try to kill us all. And he said... For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Uh-oh, come on, y'all. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. That is the 2020th verse in the Bible. <laughs> this is amazing. This word is amazing. Every jot and every tittle. I mean, in 2020, we entered into the year, the decade of the mouth. You have power of life and death in your tongue. In 2020, they said, put a mask on, shut the churches down. We don't want to hear from you anymore. 
be quiet. And so some was telling us, don't buck the system. I'm not telling you to wear, I ain't talking about no mask. It's a symbol. Don't push it. Don't meet. And then they say, if you do talk about the word of God and what the word of God says, you are hateful and you are judgmental and you are evil and you need to shut up. That's what they're saying. That's not what I'm, that's what they're saying. But he said, <laughs> in the 2020th verse, if you keep your silence now, you and your family are going to perish. The very next verse for next year, look at that one, 15. It says, Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. What the world does that mean? We better rise up and answer the call. Rise up, answer the call. For what I was put in the kingdom for right now. <laughs> He's talking to us. I don't know how long ago Esther was written. I don't know that. It was a few thousand years ago. But he's talking to us today. 2020. Don't let them shut you up. I put you in the kingdom for such a time as this. Answer the call. Answer the call. Rise up. And speak my truth. Rise up and let me put my word in your mouth. Do not bow to what the enemy is trying to do. Don't bow to what the enemy is trying to do. And y'all just remember that. It said, it said, who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. We always, we always quote that, you know. For you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. But we didn't know he was talking to us today. Today. Y'all, that's the 2020 verse. I, just, I don't know. I think that's like, what? Oh, my God. God is real. And he is talking to us. And he's saying, please open your mouth. Because, yes, I am sovereign. I am a sovereign God. But I rule through you. I rule through you, through your mouth, through what you say. That's how I rule. Because he, he no longer comes down and does anything. He didn't then either. The only time he came and did anything is when he created. And then he gave man dominion, remember? Back in Genesis, he gave man dominion. Okay, now let's go to Matthew. Hallelujah, we're going to talk about... This kingdom that we have been placed in for such a time as this. Matthew 4, 17. Remember the first thing that Jesus preached was, I need y'all to change your mind. I need you to start thinking different because there's a new kingdom here. A new kingdom has arrived. They were living in, under the dominion, the kingdom of darkness. Satan took it in Genesis, and he was operating in it 
the whole time. And God would raise up Elijah, and he would raise up Elisha, and he would raise up Enoch, and he would raise up Abraham, and he'd raise up Noah, and he'd raise up David. You know, he'd raise up Samuel. Oh, my goodness. He raised up all of these people. But as a whole, they were governed by darkness. The kingdom of darkness. That's why there was so much depravity and God had to send the flood. He had to wipe everything out. He's protecting his creation. And Noah preached for 120 years and eight people got saved. You talk about yes. <laughs> you talk about yes. 120 years he preached. And eight people went into that ark. And God shut that door for seven days. He's still sitting there like, oh, I hear no rain. <laughs> for seven days they had to sit there before it started. So, yes. And because of that, yes, we are here today. Ha. Thank you, Jesus, for a yes. So Jesus said in 17, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near you. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. A new kingdom has arrived. Okay? Ah, thank you, Jesus. Matthew 24, 14. It's already been quoted a couple times today. The gospel of this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Y'all know that the end is up to us. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. But the end is up to us. Okay, now I want you to go over to Matthew 11. And remember just a minute ago we talked about Elijah. Oh my goodness, Elijah was so awesome in the kingdom of God that he didn't even die. God's just like, I love you so much, come on. And he just went up in a whirlwind, in a chariot of fire, you know. And then Enoch, Enoch, Enoch walked with the Lord and then he just wasn't. David, he was a man after God's own heart. David loved God so much. He would sit out there when he was a little boy with his harp, and, and, and he would be watching the sheep, and, and when the enemy came, he killed him. He's 14 years old when he kills Goliath. 14, he, he was a kid. And he was anointed king. And he was, he was the, one of the greatest kings over Israel. And, and God, said, God said that Jesus was going to sit on his throne. David was awesome in the kingdom of God, right? Abraham, he's our father of faith. Without Abraham, where would we be? He walked with the Lord. Moses was a friend of God. Moses 
saw God face to face. (laughs) Moses spent 40 days up on a mountaintop in the glory of God. He come down and he went, y'all crazy. And he went back up. 40 more days. I mean in the presence of God. God, God, God would come because Moses was the deliverer. And, and, he, and he brought the children out, of each, which is what, what we're talking about all day long. That's what we've been talking about all day long. We're supposed to be the deliverer of the lost. We're supposed to go into Egypt. I'm not supposed to separate myself from Egypt. I'm supposed to go into Egypt. But now some of us, we got to get strong. We got to get that foundation in us. We got to get delivered of some things, and then we can go back into Egypt. Okay? We got to get Egypt out of us completely before we can go back into Egypt. Okay? But we're supposed to be pulling our brothers and sisters and people out. Okay, so Moses was the deliverer. And, and when Moses would go into the temple, God came to the temple. And the people would see the cloud filled the door. Because God, God was there with Moses because he loved Moses. He said, Moses is my friend. Because Moses always says yes. He always says yes. Abraham said yes, and he had no clue where he was going. He just got up, yes, God, and he went. These were great men, great men of God, great men of God. They worked miracles. You know, Elisha, he, he was so powerful, and there was so much God in him that when he died, his bones was in the tomb, and a robber got killed and they was trying to hide him or the robbers killed someone and they was trying to hide him and so they threw him in this tomb and there was so much life in Elijah's bones that that dead man got up I mean these are powerful men of God powerful Samuel was it Samuel that went to David and said "Mm, somebody messing around and shouldn't be and somebody took this only man's sheep for himself. What do you think we should do to that somebody? Mm-hmm. And then he said, that somebody's you. I mean, come on. He spoke to the king. And he said, God going, God's fixing to get you. Because you was looking at Bathsheba and you shouldn't have been. So these are powerful men of God. Let's read 11. Let's start with verse 7. It says, As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John. He's talking about John the Baptist. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, 
and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not one risen greater than John the Baptist. Now, I just talked to y'all about some powerful men. And he just said, he said, out of all the men born of a woman, none of them were greater than John the Baptist. None of them were greater than John the Baptist. Now I want to ask you something. Who would you consider to be the least in the kingdom of God? How do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself to be minute in the kingdom of God? The word least is where we get our word micro. So would you consider yourself to be nothing much? Most of us do. Most of us consider ourselves to be worthless. Most of us consider ourselves to be nothing. Insignificant. Nothing. But let's finish the scripture. Okay? But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. What? 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 He said that John was greater than all of those men that I, that I mentioned a while ago. John's greater than all of them. And you are greater than John. And I know, as well as I'm sitting here, it's because Jesus Christ, <laughs> Woo! thank you, Lord, he came and we accepted him. We looked at what he did 2,000 years ago. We didn't see him. He said, blessed are you who don't see me and still believe. Hey, as they say, shaka baba. I don't know, but that's some good stuff. Jesus Christ came and he gave his life for you. Laid it down. I mean, what y'all just think for a second. He is God. He is the word that became flesh. I mean, the word of God. <laughs> and he decided before the foundation of the world, I might add, that he was going to come and, and give his life as a ransom for you and me because the devil took our kingdom and he brought his kingdom. And he knew the only way out of that was for a human to pay the price. But that human had to be perfect, sinless, without spot without blemish and so he came he left heaven and he came 
to this earth. I can't imagine how that must have felt. To be, I mean, you are the glory. You are the light. And then, and to leave that and to come here and put on flesh. I mean, really, just think of what he did. He put on flesh. He put on this thing that has issues. You know, he put, he put on this thing that has desires that you better not yield to. He put on this thing that has emotions, feelings, rejection. He put on this so that he could pay the price for me and you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Because he says that we are greater than the greatest man in the kingdom. Me and you. I don't know, y'all. I want to just throw down and go, thank you, Jesus. That you would say that me and you are the greatest in the kingdom. So right now, I come against that spirit that spirit of rejection, that spirit that makes you feel like you are worthless, that spirit that makes you feel like you are nothing, that spirit that makes you feel like nothing is ever going to work, nothing is ever going to come, nothing is ever going to be like it's supposed to be. I come against that thing in the name of Jesus. We bind you up. I cast you off of the minds of God's people. You come off of their mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are the greatest in the kingdom of God. You are. You're the greatest. I'm not going to quit saying it till some of y'all start looking like you believe it. You're the greatest in the kingdom of God. He did this for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. You're the greatest in the kingdom. <laughs> You're the greatest. And the enemy has us so fooled. He has us fooled. He, he, see, the word says he's a worthy adversary. And I believe that's because he's a good tricker. He's a real good tricker. He makes you think that you're nothing. He makes you think that you're not worth anything. But the word of God just said, you are the greatest in the kingdom. And you are the one with authority in the kingdom. And you are the only one that can tell the devil to back off. Jack, back off. You are a liar you ain't never done nothing but lie. And if you tell me I'm no good, I must be the greatest in the kingdom. That ain't arrogant. That's what Todd White calls Godfidence. It don't have anything to do with me and how great I am. It's him. I have Godfidence. Confidence in God. Confidence in him and who he says I am. Who does he say you are? I love Abba. I belong to you. 
Your thoughts define me. Your thought. His thought about you today, he said, you are the greatest in the kingdom. Come on, y'all. We need to get up and get in that seat of authority and put that devil under our feet and tell him to go to hell where he belongs. Come on. Back off. Back off, my kid. Back off my money. Back off my marriage. Back off. You're the one who has authority to do that. You. You. I don't have authority in your marriage. I don't have authority with your kid. I don't have authority over your finances. I can teach you. I can help you. But you are the one with the authority. You are. All authority in heaven was given to Jesus. And then he said, I give it to you. Because, you know why? Because you are the greatest in the kingdom. <laughs> Come on, I hate that devil. I hate him for telling us we ain't nothing. We just low down, dirty worm. I'm the dirt under the worm belly. No good for nothing. I'm just a sinner. No, you cannot be a sinner and a saint. You got to decide which one you are. And it truly is your decision. Decide today which one you are. Today. I am not a worm. I am worth the blood of Jesus. I am the greatest in the kingdom of God. I am the greatest in the kingdom of God. I walk with authority. I walk with power. I can demonstrate the kingdom. I tell that devil of rejection to go in the name of Jesus. Bow your knee. And he has to bow. He has no choice. And I'm going to just throw this in here. If he seems to linger, there's a legal right for him to be there. And all we have to do is say, God, show me why. Show me why he's still here. Because I got authority over him. So if he didn't leave, he has a legal right to be there. And God will show you. And all you have to do then is repent. That's it. Repent. Yeah, because repent means you turn. Remember, we've taught this 159 trillion times. Repent means to see the error of my way and the way I'm thinking and turn to God. If I don't turn to God, the devil coming back. He is. And they're going to be bad ones. Worse than him. Okay, now let's go over to Luke 17. And whenever I wrote this scripture down, you know how you're writing? I wrote Luke 17, 20. And usually when you write verses, you write 20, dash, whatever you're going to. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And I looked at it, and it was like, man, we're going to go to Luke 17, 20, 21. And when I wrote it, I wrote 2021. And, I, and, I, and it caught me, you know, I thought, oh, oh my goodness, this is significant. That was not like a happenstance. Do y'all know that God speaks in all different kinds of ways? And he'll speak through numbers. 
he uses them. That 2020 verse said, you were put in the kingdom for such a time as this. Do not shut your mouth. Do not. You've got to rise up right now for what is godly. You've got to put the word of God in your mouth because you're the one with the kingdom authority. You are the greatest in the kingdom. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, Luke 17, 20, 21. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. 2020, when I wrote that, 2020, y'all might not think that God was speaking, but he was. 2021, the kingdom is within you. It is time and we have a choice today. Am I going to rise up and take my place in this kingdom, which I was put here for such a time as this, in the kingdom of God, and take the kingdom? Because Matthew 11 says that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God has suffered violence. It's been, there's pressure to push the kingdom of God out. And that is one of the reasons why you are the greatest. Because you are violent people. Come on. We are violent people. And it is time to stop being politically correct. He says, if you remain silent, y'all all gonna perish. But I put you here right now and I knew what I was doing when I put you here come on he put you here in this era right now he knew what was going to be going on he knew that the devil was coming out of darkness he knew it he knew that in 2020 things was going to be coming out of the roaches is coming out cause the light is shining on them Come on, y'all know when you turn the light on, the roaches go. And they start running into walls and everything. That's exactly what's happening in the spirit realm. There is a war going on in the heavens right now. Come on, y'all. And it is for this nation. It is for this harvest. It is for our kids, kids, kids. I don't know how long we're going to be here. But I know while we're here, we better occupy. While we're here, we better push the kingdom of darkness out. While we're here, we better take authority over that spirit and drive that thing out. Because when you overcome, you get a crown. And I want as many of them as I can get. I am greedy. I will admit it now. I want all of them. Because I'll get to lay them at his feet. I'll get to crown him. With many crowns. See, Apostle said it this morning in prayer. We've got to start working for eternity. Not here. What I am here to do is push the devil back. 
That's what I'm here to do. How many of you wake up and you feel this in your belly right here in the pit? You went to bed and everything was great. And you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and it's like something twisting. Something ain't right. Oh, God. And you get up and you can't hardly even breathe, much less go, hallelujah, praise you, Lord. You can't hardly do it. You know why? Darkness has come. Darkness is overtaken. Darkness is, is, is trying to take this nation. Darkness is trying to take your church. Darkness is trying to take your kids. Darkness is trying to take you. But you were put here to drive it out. That's the kingdom. That is the kingdom. And it is in you. See, the kingdom means king's rule. This was said in prayer too. Does God rule you? Does he? When he asks you something, y'all really and truly, he's not asking you because he wants to know what you want to do. He's not asking you because he really wants your opinion. No, he's just being nice. He's not ordering you, but he is. You know what I'm saying? He's ordering you nicely. Yeah. When he says, will you go? Your answer is yes. Whenever you're sleeping good and that bed is warm and comfy and all of a sudden, bam, your eyes come open and you feel that, what's your answer? Is he Lord or is he not? Do you get up? Or do you roll over? I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of times I rolled over. And you want to know the last time I rolled over? September 11th, 2001. That's the last time I rolled over. Because I woke up about 3 o'clock that morning. And I just, just knew there's something. Something's wrong something's wrong and I was tired and so I rolled over and I went to sleep he didn't bother me again and I got up and I went and took a shower because I'm coming to prayer and that was the very first day I ever led prayer and I did that after telling him no I'm not going to get up and I come out of the bathroom and Keith's like oh my god Babs look and the Twin Towers had fell. How many could have been saved? How many more? If I had answered the call and said yes and woke up and decided to just get on my face and go, oh, oh, I don't have to know what's going on. I don't have to know. All I have to do is say yes. Pastor Tim, yes. Yes, God. Okay, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to do this. But oh shit, oh until you feel that release. Oh shit, Oh Someone's life could be hanging in the balance. Sometimes it's more than just my life. 
Sometimes there's more at stake than just my church. Sometimes there's more at stake. Sometimes there's more at stake than my family. Sometimes we have to say yes when we don't know what's going on. I'm going to tell you if you will put your stuff on the back burner. If you will put it on the back burner. Head or boshaka, and just answer that call. Just oh, shetarabba say, this ain't about me. Oh, shetarabba say, oh God, oh God. See Romans eight talks about when I don't know how to pray. This is kingdom. When I don't know how to pray, the spirit of the living God. He will pray through me. There will be groanings. I can't, I can't mutter them. I, I, I don't have words for them. Sometimes there's no words for hours. There's no words. There's just no words. It's because the kingdom is suffering violence. But violent people, that just means those with some energy, those that will get up, those that will get up, they push and back that darkness. You don't have to be no seasoned saint. You don't have to be saved for 40 years to do this. You don't have to. All you have to do is yield to the Spirit of God. Just yield to Him. Because the kingdom, there's darkness that's trying to overtake. There's darkness that's trying to kill. There's darkness that's trying to steal and destroy. There's darkness that's trying to shut you up. There's darkness. There's darkness. Oh. But he said, please, please be my mouth. Please be my mouth. Please be my mouth. Be my mouth today. Let me groan through you. Let me moan through you. Let me come against that darkness through you. Oh. Oh. That's what he wants, God. And we say yes. We say yes, Lord. My answer is yes, God. I will not roll over again, God. I repent. I repent for wanting my own sleep. I repent for wanting my own comfort. I repent, God. And I say yes to you. Yes to you. Yes. Yes, God, you can use me to push darkness back. Yes, God, you can use me to preach the kingdom. Yes, God, you can use me. Yes, God. Yes, God. Our answer is yes. Yes, Lord, it's yes. It's yes. The Lord is with you. Our answer is yes, O God. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me. Start with myself. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for being more concerned about myself, more concerned about my feelings, more concerned, God. 
about what I'm going through. More cons- I'm, I've been more concerned because my circumstances are huge. I am not negating that. My circumstances are huge. But right now, if I can lay that down and I can say, yes, God, I will drive that spirit back. I'm pushing back that darkness. One thing I learned this week is in John 10, 10, where he says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That word kill is sacrifice. It is sacrifice. He comes to sacrifice you, and he also comes to trick you into sacrificing your destiny. He wants you to sacrifice your call. He wants you to lay it all on the altar and say there's no hope. That's what he wants. He's trying to get you to sacrifice your call. Do not, do not allow him to do this. Proverbs somewhere, I think it's 18 something, says that the fear of the Lord is that we hate evil. I hate evil. And, and today, you, you know now. I'm sorry, but you know now. There's no excuse. Ignorance isn't an excuse anyway. But now you know that the enemy is coming to cause you to sacrifice and forfeit your call. But you are the greatest in the kingdom. You are, Benny. You, Benny, you are. You are the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus said it. You can put your name there. The least in the kingdom. Of course I feel like the least. But he said you are greater than John the Baptist. And he's greater than all those mighty prophets. So rise up. And begin to hate evil. When we turn our head. When we see evil and we turn our head. And we look the other way. I don't take authority over it. I have lost the fear of God. I am not walking in the fear of the Lord. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, how many of us are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Well, let me tell you that if you have that, you best be walking in the fear of the Lord because that is also an aspect of Holy Ghost. And you don't get Holy Ghost without the fear of the Lord. And if I am indifferent to evil, I am not walking in the fear of the Lord. And if I become indifferent to evil, the next thing you know, I am in relationship with it. And I am the greatest in the kingdom. How can I have relationship with evil? How? How can I be the greatest in the kingdom? and have relationship with evil. God, forgive us. Forgive me for not walking in the fear of the Lord. Forgive me, God, for seeing evil and turning my head or or seeing evil and getting close. Get close to it. Because there's this thing in the church right now, we're the greatest in the kingdom, y'all. And there's this thing in the body of Christ right now that says, let me see how close 
to darkness can I get and still go to heaven? Oh, my God, help us. Help us, Jesus, help us. When we should be, how close to you can I get that the world is not even, I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. I am to get delivered of Egypt so that I can go into Egypt and bring my people out. If I'm the greatest in the kingdom, I cannot have relationship with evil. I cannot. And we need to fall on our faces and repent before a living God who gave his life for me to be the greatest in his kingdom. So, I would like for us to examine ourselves for a few minutes because we're going to take communion. And that communion is saying, yes, Yes, God, I will walk in your statute. I will keep your way. I will allow you to use me any way you want to. When I take that communion, I am taking him into me. I'm doing it in remembrance of what he did for me. Then how can I have relationship with evil? I cannot. I have to come out of Babylon. He says, come out of her. Do you know that's the world system? That is what Babylon is, the world system. I have to come out. I have to be separate because I'm holy. Because <laughs> I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm set apart. I'm consecrated for God. And I am the greatest in the kingdom. Please start speaking that over yourself. Examine your heart right now in the name of Jesus. Pastor is going to play just a few minutes. Would y'all bring communion up here? Pastor is going to play for a few minutes, and I'm asking you to examine yourself. Examine your heart because he tells us to do that. Examine our hearts before we take communion. Because when I take communion, I'm entering into that covenant with him. And yes, is an eternal yes. Yes is eternal. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.